In a world where busyness is worn like a badge of honor, it's almost impossible to imagine breaking free from the shackles of success. Working long hours, skipping meals, missing or being late to important life events, constantly playing catch up, exhausted to the bones. This has been normalized, especially in the medical and healthcare arena. Practice owners are fleeing to corporate practices or leaving medicine altogether in hopes of recapturing their time and energy. But you are here for a reason and you've been searching for answers. Welcome to Thriving Practice. I'm your host, Tracy Cherpesky. I'm an executive coaching consultant and time leadership expert. I'm mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. I am on a mission to help practice owners take back at least one day per week for the rest of their careers so they can focus on healing their patients and falling back in love with their practice. Together we learn, connect with like-minded practice owners and medical business experts, and expand your connection to an international community of peers. In each episode, we discuss the business of medicine and healthcare, how to avoid the pitfalls of success, and how to improve the bottom line, paving the way to exquisite fulfillment in your career and life. Join us each week to learn how you can grow your practice while focusing on what you love most. You'll want to take notes. So let's go. Welcome to episode 77 of Thriving Practice, where we help practice owners and their teams take back their time and scale their business. I am flying sola today and bringing you a portion of the work I do with my clients to help them take back at least one day per week so they can leverage their time for high level activities. Before we dive in though, I want to remind you that we're hosting a masterclass on Wednesday, November 9th at noon Eastern US to help you get untrapped from your success. What do I mean when I say we get shackled or trapped by our success? Well, here's some examples of the success trap. Consistently working long hours hardly ever getting breaks during the day, like for the restroom, lunch, brain and body breaks, just time to breathe in general. Fear of taking time off. Taking time off, but fretting while doing so and checking emails, taking calls, keeping your phone strapped to your body just in case. Ending your day late, missing or being late to important non-work events due to your schedule constraints. I'm doing that in air quotes there, schedule constraints. And this one is very common. 3 a.m. cold sweats, worrying about whether your practice will make it, whether it's worth it, or if you're even cut out to be the CEO of your own business. By the way, this is not unique to medical and dental business owners, in case you were wondering. I have them sometimes too. This is very common. So that is actually a relatively short list of success trap examples, but you get the idea. If you want to learn how to free up your time and fall back in love with your practice, join me for this free masterclass where together we will learn the following. The secret to time management, hint, hint, it doesn't have anything to do with time. How claiming your status as CEO will help you take back your time. It will also help you become immune to SOS or what I call the shiny object syndrome or squirrels and help you achieve your goals as if nothing could get in your way. You'll also learn the hidden and plain sight, time and energy drains that you're probably missing. And listen, overlooking this is the number one mistake I see even the most successful practice owners make. And finally, in addition to a bunch of other things, how to harness the timeless power of the CEO mindset so you never have to rely on time management or productivity hacks, quotes around hacks, again. 
We're limiting the number of seats to keep this peer learning intensive, high quality and intimate. So make sure you save your seat now. You can do that by going to tracycherpesky.com forward slash time. That's tracycherpesky, C-H-E-R-P-E-S-K-I.com forward slash time. The topic of this masterclass ties in so nicely to today's episode. So let's talk about how to do a time valuation or appraisal of your time. I use a three-pillar system of time leadership as opposed to time management, which I'll discuss briefly, but for today's episode, we're going to focus primarily on the second pillar, which is analysis. To learn more, I strongly encourage you to listen to episode 38, Why Time Management Doesn't Work. There's a link in the show notes, and if you're subscribed, it'll already be in your list of episodes. Let's talk about the three pillars of time leadership and discuss time leadership versus time management. Harvard Business School professors Nancy Cohen and Joe Fuller explored the interplay between leadership and management, and they shared how they define the two disciplines, which I appreciate very much. In short, what they said is that management implies a certain amount of control and directing, whereas leadership is the creation of a positive, non-incremental change, including the creation of a vision to guide that change. Now, in the context of managing versus leading time, I like to keep it simple because, you know, we all have limited time. So here it is. We have no control over time. Time keeps ticking no matter what we do. So rather than try to squeeze as much out of it, our efforts and energy will yield the greatest results if we get crystal clear about what we want to accomplish with our time. And then, like a dog with a bone, guard it like the precious and finite asset that it is. So keeping this in mind, let's review, if you've listened to episode 38, the three pillars of time leadership. Pillar one is discovery. One of the first orders of business with a new client is to help them slow down before they scale up. It's my personal favorite and probably their least favorite, at least until they start to see what's possible when they do slow down. We miss things when we're going too fast. So this pillar is vitally important and should never be skipped because understanding very clearly what you want out of your business and your life will do the following for you. It will help you define exactly what success looks like in your practice. It will help you get crystal clear about your goals and it will support your vision of success in your whole life so you can start to build your business around your life, not the other way around. Excuse the dog in the background. This is one of the joys of working from home. Once you've taken the time to get crystal clear about what you really want and identify any roadblocks that could get in your way, then you can move on to pillar two, which is analysis. I'll go deeper into this pillar shortly, but this is where you take an inventory of how you're spending your time, get clear about how you'd like to spend your time and what makes the most sense for how to spend your time, which you could also call how you should spend your time, but maybe you don't yet have time to. (laughs) So once you're clear about pillars one and two, now you can get into action, which is pillar three. I like to call this inspired action, which inspired action really means being super focused, creating and identifying targeted action items that yield the highest results for your patients, your team, your overall practice, and for you as the provider owner. At this stage of our work together, I help my clients create an action plan that ties directly to building priority action items, delegating what doesn't belong on their plate, 
and what yields the biggest results in terms of finances, time, energy, and building all of that around the life they want to live. You know, as we've all heard, if we fail to plan, we plan to fail or something like that. Though my mindset on failure is that it's a great educator and a fantastic launch pad to success, or I kind of call it like a trampoline. Like the harder you fall, the higher you bounce back. So I like to embrace failure, but work through action plans that help us avoid catastrophic mistakes or very expensive mistakes, which often happens when we're moving at breakneck speed, hence the slow down to scale up approach. Now let's review the pillars again, and then we'll dive into the second one. Pillar one, discovery. Get crystal clear on what you want from business and life. Pillar two, analysis. How are you spending your time and what is it worth? And pillar three, inspired action, taking the steps that yield the greatest results as correlates to your vision and goals. Now, before we dive into pillar two, deeper into pillar two, if you don't have something to write with, I suggest that you do that now because there's it's, it's rich here, okay? So taking a deeper dive into pillar two, I like my clients to gather as much data as possible on how they spend their time, how it works out in terms of monetary value, and then deciding the best way to invest and leverage their time to yield the greatest results. So we're going to go through some steps here. First, you're going to keep track of how you spend your time every day for two weeks. This includes times when you're not working, by the way. Now, this is Indeed, absolutely an extra thing to do, but trust me, you'll want to know down to 15-minute intervals how you're spending your time. Second, take that two weeks worth of data and separate your 15-minute intervals into the following six categories. Category one, tasks that only you can do, like patient care, things that rely directly on your expertise. Category two, Tasks that you're doing that someone else on your staff could or should do could be something like additional charting, transcription, scheduling, or administrative tasks. And even if you can do these things or you can do them faster or so you think than your team, these are still tasks that should be done by someone else on your team. Category three, tasks you ought to be doing but don't have time to do. I hear this a lot from my clients when they first come to me. I really know I need to be doing this, but I don't have time. Category four. Tasks you'd love to do, but aren't currently doing for the same lack of time. Category five, things you think about. And category six, things you worry about. I invite you to be ruthless and brutally honest on this part. If you're doing things someone else could do, but you aren't ready to relinquish control, that can cause leaks in efficiency and can ultimately harm your bottom line. Sometimes it's hard to make the direct connection, but most, this is not, finances are not my lane with my clients, but we can link back most financial drains to places where there are massive or sometimes even subtle inefficiencies. So just remember this, if you are doing things that someone else could do, but you aren't ready to relinquish control, that can cause leaks in efficiency and ultimately harm your bottom line. Third step to this. Assign monetary value to each of your six categories. So for example, this is just for round numbers. If your time can be billed at $200 an hour, then you're putting $50 on each 15-minute interval of time in that category. That's the tasks that only you can do category. If it's an admin task, and let's just say your admin staff is paid $15 an hour, then you're looking at $3.75 for each 15-minute interval and so on. 
And now, once you've done this, you get to play with the numbers. So let's say you notice that you average 30 to 60 minutes per day, and I'm probably being, you know, generous here. Let's say you spend 30 to 60 minutes per day doing admin tasks for whatever reason. You are now performing $15 an hour tasks when you could be earning at $200 an hour doing what only you can do. If you've spent an average of an hour doing administrative tasks each day, what has happened is that you've essentially left $1,000 on the table for the five hours you could have been earning or, or doing something that's of higher value to you, whether it involves making money or not. Now, the fourth step, and it's hopefully become quite apparent once you've categorized how you spend your time, but you want to identify your top three moneymakers and your top three time drains, and then identify what you want to change. So do you see where I'm going with this? As the practice owner, you're the CEO, and excellent CEO leaders do not spend time doing $15 an hour tasks. They're operating at that higher level, higher earning capacity. I want to be clear, this does not in any way diminish the importance of your admin staff's role. We all know without them, you'd be sunk, okay? But what is happening is that you're investing in $15 per hour outcomes rather than $200 per hour outcomes or whatever rate you're able to charge for your expertise. And that is being left on the table regularly. Now, I'd like to share a client story with you. Jeremy, a chiropractor client, was in his second year of business and was making great money, had a waiting list of patients, and he was exhausted and always short on time. When we worked through Pillar 2, guess what happened? Guess what we learned? He was spending way more time doing administrative tasks than he knew until he saw it with his own eyes. At the time, he had a part-time administrative assistant, and he thought it was a practical approach until he reached a certain level of income. What he failed to see in his always scrambling, doing all the things hustle was that there was no way for him to scale without at least one and probably another full-time support staff. Within a few months of hiring a full-time administrator, he was able to make adjustments to his schedule how his patients were stacked throughout the day, and increase his revenues by 40%. 40% in four months, about four months. So within a year, he hired another junior staff who was able to do some of the patient setup and support, and Jeremy was able to see more patients without increasing his clinical hours. Why? Because he was able to delegate some of the tasks that didn't absolutely require him to other team members who could serve his patients at the same level of care as he provides. And frankly, his patients began to receive even better care when he added to his team because there, there was no rushing, he was way less stressed, and he was able to deliver the highest level of care within his expertise. And his team got to shine in their respective areas of expertise. So this, this goes back to the seven habits, right? Creating win-win or in this way, multiple win scenarios. Heading into his second year working with me, which was his third year of business, he was on track to double his revenues again, and just as he did the year before. So in his first year of working with me, he doubled his revenues, and going into his second year, it was already looking like he was going to double again. At the end of his first year working with me, he had also carved out two half days per week to work on research, writing, and workshop preparation, and extra quality and quantity time with his young family. What could you accomplish with sufficient support and up to a day per week of open time? This doesn't happen overnight, but as it does come together, 
you'll get to spend more time thinking and planning strategically, showing up with a different level of leadership in your practice, and operating at your highest level of expertise most of the time. It's liberating to gain command over your time and lead yourself and your team through prioritizing and delegating in ways that are efficient while honoring everyone's zone of genius. If you've not read The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, this is your nudge to go get it. It will change your life and your business, and you'll be able to identify your zone of genius and start to really get clear about where to invest your time. So each time leadership pillar is integral to your time leadership plan. You can't skip any of this and expect to take your time back or scale your practice without also scaling your problems. So let's go back. Pillar one, discovery, is where you slow down to scale up. As the entertainer Eddie Cantor said, slow down and enjoy life. It's not only the scenery you miss by going too fast, you'll also miss the sense of where you're going and why. To me, that's a powerful statement. Pillar two, this is where we spent most of our time today. It's analysis. Learn where you spend your time, categorize it, assign value, and identify your three biggest money makers and your three biggest time drains. And pillar three, which we'll explore in my next solo episode in a few weeks, is inspired action. Create your action plan with practical steps and workarounds to roadblocks. I hope you've taken away what you need from this episode and that you'll learn where you're spending your most valuable asset, which is time. As a reminder, you can dive deeper into this by attending our upcoming free masterclass on how to get unshackled from your success and learn how to effectively structure your time to help you achieve your goals while taking back your time. Join us on November 9th and learn how you can fall back in love with your practice. Secure your seat at tracycherpesky.com forward slash time. I'll see you there. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Thriving Practice. I appreciate you coming here week after week, dear listener, to listen and learn how to elevate your leadership, grow your practice, and to think and act like the high-impact CEO provider that you're meant to be. I have one request of you. If you've benefited from this show, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review with your thoughts on the show. Your feedback and review help us get in front of other amazing practice owners just like you. Thank you again for listening and until next time.